Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears football. We are Sports Radio 670 The Score. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios. Presented to you in part by your local Hyundai dealers. WSCR Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. And always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score! And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app, it's Gabe Ramirez. Morrell going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple. Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Have a great show lined up for you guys. Former Bear Corey Wu is going to hang out with us at the top of the 7 o'clock hour for an extended period. Uh, coming up in just a little bit, we're going to get some inside information from the Las Vegas Raiders from Jason Fitz, host for Yahoo Sports. And then in the 8 o'clock hour, we get to find out what the hell is going on with Caleb Williams and the rest of the quarterbacks in college football as we talk to expert Pete Futek. All right, now on the other side of the trifecta, which we're getting into in just a second, who did uh, Tyson Bagent liken the Bears' offense to? I don't want to hear that. It's very interesting. But right now, the trifecta, the top three stories that have been living in my brain all day today. Number three. Number three story uh, continuing on the Caleb Williams train is, in fact, about Caleb Williams. I just got a text message, not only from my brother, but then in my group chat for my three-room, two crew. Shout out to all the fellas out there. Uh, somebody just put, Caleb Williams wants ownership and whatever team drafts him. I mean, it was an old story. And Mike Florio, one of our very good friends here on 670 The Score, 
Uh, he was on earlier with Bernstein and Holmes, and he addressed the... It really was an amazing dynamic. And all of a sudden, this three-month-old story about Aaron Rodgers and Caleb Williams at one point wanting equity in their teams is popping up again. And the whole point of that story was to supply the why as to the reason for the NFL to out of nowhere slam the door on giving employees any equity whatsoever, whether they're players or non-players. Now, let's be very clear. The NFL's owners are a very small, small fraternity, and they don't like allowing people into that space. And most certainly, they do not want to allow a current player. There is a very, very clear-cut dynamic between the two, and the NFL wants to keep it that way. So, an old story. You get to be cool now. I love I love repeatables, right? I mean, excuse me, I hate repeatables, but this one you can actually repeat in your group chats. But that's an old story from July. Mark Mike Florio pointed that out. The other thing is this. Like, the Bears are going to win some games. Carolina, it's just like last year we got lucky. Very lucky to get the number one pick in the NFL draft. And for that to happen again, I just just doesn't seem very Chicago-like, very Bear-like for us to get that lucky to have Carolina Panthers go winless throughout the season and the Bears secure their number one pick in the draft. I just I can't imagine it. But there was a mock draft that just came out, uh, and it was from Sports Not, and it has the Bears getting the number one pick via the Carolina Panthers and the number two pick you know, via their poor playing of themselves and then the Broncos at number three and so this Denver wire you know like you know USA Today has all these wires for each city and the one in Denver they did a mock draft you know what they came up with that the Bears would pass on Caleb Williams not only on the number one pick also on the number two pick and that the Broncos were somehow gonna get Caleb Williams at number three I thought that was hilarious I thought that was hilarious but man these people get paid to do this and that was uh that's just that's anyway. Uh, but we'll get into Caleb Williams a little bit more. If whatever's been going on around him, right? The circus that is Caleb Williams, has that affected you negatively in the last couple of days or so? We'll get into that in just a second. Number two. Continuing on in the trifecta, just some stories about quarterbacks getting hurt, right? I mean, that's why it's important if you are gonna be competing at a high level in the NFL to have a backup that is actually capable. Um, Kyler Murray. He's on his way back. His 21-day window starts right now. Joshua Dobbs still going to start this Sunday. But the fact that Kyler Murray's back, hasn't practiced with the team since December. Think about the Arizona Cardinals. Don't they, don't you think they wish they had a serviceable backup that could have at least held them down until Kyler Murray came back? And then when you look at everybody else, including our very own Justin Fields, Tyson Bajant now sitting under center, who we'll get to in just a second, uh, Anthony Richardson, season-ending surgery, going to be out for the remainder of the season, people are saying. You got Daniel Jones joining the team again after not playing this weekend. And Tyrod Taylor being a, a, a couple inches shorter of a throw away from having upset the Buffalo Bills. But that didn't happen. Trevor Lawrence dealing with some knee issues. Deshaun Watson. Nobody knows what the hell is going on with him. Jimmy Garoppolo. So all these teams dealing with a bunch of issues. And it just goes to show that having a good backup in the NFL is most certainly something that you need. That was my number two thought in the trifecta. Number one. And my number one thought. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 Score. Of course, you guys know I love basketball so much. Bulls played yesterday. And it was so sad because a couple of my buddies, I always watch the games after I put my daughters down. That way I could just, like, fast forward through it, get done with it in, like, 52 minutes. But my, all my boys are like, yo, Patrick Williams, Patrick Williams. And then I go watch the game, and I text my friends. I'm like, dude. Don't ever don't don't text me this stuff anymore because then I get excited thinking that Patrick Williams actually did something. He's like, no, he looked good. He was aggressive, and I'm like, did you not watch all of last season? That's exactly what Patrick Williams was. Patrick that Williams deserved was. a rim shot, but 
That's okay. And, of course, on the day, he shot four for 13. Very Patrick Williams-like. Two for four from the 3.9. Patrick Williams-like. Only three rebounds. Yeah, I'll let that that marinate for a second. Ten ten points, Zach Levine. Pretty much the same thing. 25 points, you know, a couple of rebounds, a couple of assists. DeMar DeRozan, same thing. Vooch going to get you 10 rebounds like he always does. And then the Bulls are going to lose to the Raptors by four. I mean, this is, I understand it's preseason, yeah. But it almost makes you want not want to watch the Bulls because you know you're going to get more or less the same of what you got last year. But it's preseason. Hopefully things change. And the regular season is kicking off shortly. And despite my thoughts about the Bulls and their game last night, I will be hosting the Chicago Bulls season special. Friday. Hey, how Mini. We got Bill Wennington is going to be in the building. Chuck Swartz is going to join us as well. And then we're going to try to have a couple of guests just so that we can talk about the season, get a little in-depth look. This is my favorite thing I do, or one of my favorite things I do all year, because as an actual fan of the Bulls, I get to ask the people who cover them, like, in real life. So it really ends up being just like a selfish two-hour conversation of me asking ridiculous questions about the Bulls. But you want to listen to it, uh, because you are going to get the insight from the guys that make the call for you right here on 670 The Score. It's going to be great stuff. Going to see if Zach Levine can average 30 a game. That's going to be one of my number one questions that I'm going to ask. I'm going to see if Kobe can average eight assists a game. Because that's where I'm going to try to be. That's a difference maker, man. You got to need him to. If he's going to start, if you're going to be the one, listen, he's been around so many point guards. Enough. And he's old enough where he's like, all right, if I want to change my game and affect the game the way I want, he wants to be a starting guard in this NBA. He said it on the pregame that I was listening to Chuck Swirsky yesterday. Chuck Swirsky was interviewing Kobe White. He said it on the pregame. I want to be a starter in this league. I want to be the lead guard on this team. And I hope Billy Donovan, I'm going to do whatever Billy Donovan wants me to do, but, you know, we could have played the cut, but. I, got, I like my enthusiasm and energy. I thought you I were better. You did a better job. Yeah, I, I'm a better Kobe have. than Kobe. Yeah, I mean, the, his hair's True. better. No offense. Facts. I wish I could have hair like that. You did get a nice haircut, though. You sound like my lady right there. Yeah. <laughs> it is a nice It was because the high pitched, how you went a little, yeah. little more high pitched than I probably okay. would have liked on that one. But. Okay. Did that make you feel weird? <laughs> no, I actually. Did, I'm did, confident in my man. Did that make you feel weird, Texas? Did that make you feel weird? I'm confident in my man. I'm married with two kids. I'm feeling good. I could tell you look beautiful today, Sean. It would make make no difference over here. I mean, that makes me feel good. Uh, but... Kobe White's a good looking dude, too. So, all right, there's your trifecta, ladies and gentlemen. That's a magic number. Right here on 670 The Score. Uh, it is Gabe Ramirez uh, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And I did mention before the trifecta. I said, who did Tyson Bajan liken the Bears' offense to? Take a listen to this clip. Yeah, I think this offense is very similar to what I operated in in college for four and a half years. And, you know, the, the, the more times you can get the ball out on time, especially in the quick game, you know, stay ahead of the sticks. You know, the more, the, the, the more tired that the D-line gets, the less likely they are to have a superstar rush on every play. And, you know, as long as you can play ahead of the sticks, get first downs and first downs, long as you can keep the, you know, our defense off the field and let them rest because, you know, how good they've been playing, the, the better everything goes. So be able to take your shots, you know, sporadically, but, you know, more so than not, you know, how can I get the ball out? How can I take the pressure off of our O-line and kind of unmotivate the D-line, so to speak? I mean, I hear what he's saying there. But to compare the offense that you're running in the NFL to one that you ran in college for four years, and not even just like as in like Power Five conference, right? Olin Cruz said it best on Sunday, here on the post game show uh, on six seventy the score. He said, he said, I don't even know where Shepard is. I couldn't even tell you where Shepard is. I couldn't either. I'm sure if you asked majority of the people, they wouldn't be able to tell you. But to say that your offense was similar to that, that statement alone, okay, whatever, I have an issue with. But the latter half of that statement is 
quarterbacking 101, right? For you to say, like, hey, get the ball out quick so the defensive line can't get to me as fast and ultimately, you know, their, their, their best rusher is probably putting in max effort one out of three times as opposed to every time. And I like it. I think that's what everybody likes about Tyson Bajan. And, and, and what people like about him also is, is his comfort level. And we're going to see it Sunday. I wonder if – text in right now while I'm doing the rest of this. Text in if you think the Bears are going to win. 312-644-6767. You're getting a Tyson Bajan with a full week of, of, of prep against a defense that's not as good as the Vikings or at least not going to put as much pressure on you as the Vikings. And then you're going up against Mr. Hoyer. Former Bear, former everybody, former every team in the NFL. You think you think the Bears are going to win? Because I'm going to watch. It's must-see TV. If you're a Bears fan, it's must-watch TV. How is Tyson Beijing going to do? Are the Bears going to win? I don't know. So, somebody just texted, how on earth do you see us winning games? I don't. That's what I'm watching. I just want to watch. I, I can't see it. I can't even envision it. Well, Bears are winning like 28-13 against Hoyt. No, absolutely not. That's not yeah, the vision I have. That's exactly what they're going to do. Stop it. I don't even have that vision. They could. It could. You know how when you do Yahoo Fantasy and it has that boomer bust? That's Tyson Bajan on Sunday. Yeah, is it? It could be, the score could be, you know, let's see, two tutties, a couple field goals. Yeah, yeah, 27, because then, run, you know, maybe Dante Foreman gets one. 27 to 17, it could be. But it could also be 17-13 Raiders. That's probably what it's going to be, though. Damn it. I was hoping not. Uh, he did talk about Tyson Bajan, that is. Um whether or not he'll be more comfortable getting more reps during practice. I guess, you know, it is it is different standing on the sideline for a, for a good bit and then getting put in the game. But, you know, the plays are, you know, they're still the plays. We still have our process. We still have our operation. So it will be a little bit more comfortable with the, the amount of reps that I'm going to receive this week. And you just got to stack the days this week so we can be as prepared as we can on Sunday. Like, what if he's – here's the other thing too, right? And this is the part that sucks about this point in the Bears' season – is that even if Tyson Bajan is decent, you know, Chicago decent, like, you're still going to draft a quarterback. Nothing changes. It's still just the quarterback that's holding you down to the end of the season because you know you want a new quarterback anyway. So it's like you can't even cheer for Tyson Bajan to be like the man. Oh, quarterback controversy next year. No. It's just like you just want to watch fun football on Sundays. Please, make my Sundays fun again. All right, uh, he also talked about the fact that if he didn't make the NFL, what would, what would his backup plan be? Yeah, I was going to just basically just crossfit my life away, get as <laughs> ripped and jacked as I possibly could, <laughs> and be a teacher at Martinsburg High School. Uh, I lo- It's the big plan for me again, Sean. Pull it up for me again. Sean Sears producing today along with our guy Robbie Triano, right, Robbie? Yeah, I knew I remembered the uh, phonetic spelling there. Uh, give, me, give me that again because listen to the gap between the question and the answer. Yeah, I was going to one, two, just basically just crossfit okay, my life away, get as exactly. ripped right, and jacked right. as I possible. Right. Uh, he loves stuff like that because you know he's serious. Literally, he's serious. He's like, damn, if I didn't get this bag, I, <laughs> I do like hitting the gym a lot. <laughs> That's where I might be. Well, he's going to have his hands full Sunday. That is without a doubt. Um, not because of the team he's facing, but just because the task that's in front of him. Leading a team who had high hopes for their quarterback, who is now injured and they're now part of a, I don't know, brand new quarterback camp. It just sucks. But Tyson Bates is going to go in and have zero doubt that he will go in and do the best job he possibly can do and, and most certainly learn from what he did on Sunday. Over under 1.5, no, over under 0.5 turnovers for Tyson Bajan. What you got, Sean? Over under 0.5 turnovers. 
Oh, definitely over. Definitely? Yeah. What if I had put it at 1.5? I probably, I, I'd say over still. I think, it, I think it's going to be no, at least two. No, I hope it's down. I... Yeah. Oh, man. I'm, I'm doing it. Because like, I'm worried about like Max okay. Crosby trying to yeah. go up against yeah. one of the Bears. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what we're going to do. Okay. Uh, the good thing is this. We get the opportunity to talk to someone who is very familiar with the Las Vegas Raiders defense. He's going to be joining us next. Jason Fitz, host for Yahoo Sports and Fox Sports Radio. Huge Raiders fan. He's going to jump on. Tell us what we need to be looking for, or Bears need to be looking for on Sunday uh, so that we can see a successful Tyson Bajan. Jason Fitz joins the show next. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Um, I'm over so, man. We got to get through legal practice, man. So I'm definitely <laughs> being my guy, man. Last time I seen him, there was some high-level football going on out there. So, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him going out there competing, playing at a high level, man. My energy's not going to change. And I know he he knows that I'm going to come with it. And I'm not expecting anything short from him. And, I mean, they got a Jacoby Myers. They got some other guys there, too, that can that can play ball. So, I mean, I'm just looking forward to seeing what this, what this game plan is. But... I definitely love going against Devontae, man. I've been doing going against him a few times since I came into the league. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing him and, and what he's been doing. That was Jalen Johnson talking about Devontae Adams right there. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 The Score. Going to be talking to Jason Fitz from Yahoo Sports in just a second. Bears taking on the Raiders on Sunday. Devontae Adams, man. Brian, You know how old Brian Hoare is? Take a guess, Sean. 37. 38. Bruh, he's about, or he's about to be, yeah, he just turned 38 a couple days ago. Birthday was October 13th. It's pretty old, man. Hey, 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 hey. Leave us late 30s alone, all right? Still, late 30s is the is the new late 20s. Is it? You can tell yourself that. No, no, no. Late 30s is the new early 30s, Papa. Ah, right? uh, I see. Just because you're 30. So that's why you're trying to just create a space by yourself. Either way, Brian Hoyer, going to ball out Sunday. We know that. How many how many targets is Devontae Adams going to have? That is something that I'll be looking. But can can Bryant Hoyer get the job done? Or is he just there to, like, prop things up? For that, we get to ask our next guest. Joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Home of the world's largest sports book. He is a host for Yahoo Sports and Fox Sports Radio. All around good guy, man. I'm glad to have him on the show. First time chatting with him. Jason Fitz. Jason, what's going on, man? Good evening. Hey, man. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I, I love it. Uh, but I'm a, right out of the gates, I'm going to tell you, I don't think it's a given that Brian Hoyer is starting this football game. You know, like a couple of weeks ago, Jimmy G uh, was out, and everybody thought all the way up until the night before he was going to be Hoyer, only to get the uh, last-second switch. Aiden O'Connell, the rookie out of Purdue, instead started for the Raiders. Uh, had a rough first half, played well in the second half. But everybody I've talked to says it still seems like it's up in the air 50-50 on if, uh, which one of them will get the call in this situation. I wouldn't be surprised to see Aiden O'Connell go. I think that'll make more Bears fans happy. I mean, how, and what's your assessment of uh, Aiden Ben for for the beginning of the season? Well, here's here's the thing for the Raiders in general. I mean, you mentioned Devontae, but Devontae, honestly, I mean, Devontae is a game record and one of the best in the league. We all know that. But Jacoby Myers has really been the key wide receiver for the passing offense. So if, if Jacoby, who's, who's played really well with Jimmy G and had some timing with uh, Brian Hoyer and his limited time, in the second half, I mean, I, I think Jacoby and, and Devontae both have the chance to go off. But the problem Aiden O'Connell placed when he played the first game against the Chargers, his only real action in the NFL, he had no pocket awareness at all. So he was standing back there forever and just getting murdered by Khalil Mack. So, you know, Mack goes off in that game. And 
part of that was that the Raiders' offensive line is just an abject disaster. But the other part of that, importantly, is that Aiden just didn't feel the rush coming at all. So that's going to be the real question is do they feel like he's got a better sense of that? Because second half improved a little bit. If they don't feel like he has a better sense of that, they'll go with Hoyer. And if they go Hoyer, it's going to be a lot of running the football in that game. The, the run splits changed drastically in the second half in that game last week with Hoyer and a quarterback. They're going to try desperately to run the football with a Hoyer. We're talking to Jason Fitz here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Yeah, Aiden O'Connor, sounds like he was dealing with the same issues that Tyson Bazin was when he first got in the game, right? Just the awareness around you actually acclimating to the speed of an actual NFL defense, not one that you saw in the preseason. You know, Aiden had those two fumbles, and so that that certainly uh, was affecting him. But the offense in general, Jason, like I, I, I look at the – I have Devontae Adams on both of my fantasy football teams, so I know very well that Jacoby Myers is out there killing right now. <laughs> um, but when it comes to the passing game, I mean, it is Devontae, it is Jacoby Myers, and then it's Josh Jacobs, right, at 25 receptions. And everybody, and then it falls off, off cliff after that. I mean, I know with Derek Carr, he was really good at spreading the ball around. And it seems as though is – it, is it a matter of Jimmy G, you know, just liking who he likes? Or is it, you know, the guys are just not stepping up, guys like, you know, Hunter Renfro, Austin Hooper and such? No, I think the most surprising part is that you can go back and watch the All-22 and you'll find that uh, Hunter Renfro is open all over the place. They're just not looking for him. Now, I think there's two parts to that. One is that, you know, when you have Devontae, you're going to try and get the ball to Devontae. But the other part of it, I think this is part of, you know, just Hunter, is that Hunter runs routes that take a second to develop. And so far, scared is the best way. Hesitant is the best way I could describe sometimes the way quarterback play has been for the Raiders' offense this year. Just hesitant because they know they're going to get just – Killed. The offensive line has been worse than anybody thinks. And so when you start thinking about that, it felt like Jimmy G throughout the course of the season, he isn't even looking to a third read. If it's not his first read or his second read, he's just heaving it up or trying to get it out of there. So that's part of the problem there. Now, look for Michael Mayer, who's the rookie tight end out of Notre Dame. Uh, Mayer had a big step forward last week. They've been sort of giving him more target share, more uh, more snap share throughout the course of each week. He took a big leap forward last week. I think Michael Mayer is going to become an even bigger part of this game plan now as they continue to trust him more. So Mayer is going to be their big third down option, I think, in this game, not Hunter Renfro. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, like As much as I love Hunter Renfro, I wouldn't be surprised to see him moved at the trade deadline because they, they just don't seem to have any interest in using him. Wow. That'll be a big move, too. He'd be a, a great addition to any team. Michael Mayer. You know, five catches, 75 yards. And obviously, you know, when you're taking somebody that high in the draft, you want to utilize them as much as possible. And Jimmy G, he's used to, you know, having a, a kiddo there, somebody he can depend on. So, I mean, Michael Meyer might, might be the beneficiary of, of that. Talk to me. You mentioned the offensive line, Jason. And, you know, the Bears have, have kind of dealt with that for the last couple of games, right? When you're talking about even going back to the commanders, they had a banged-up offensive line that we uh, the Bears were running into. And so is this is it banged up like the guys are hurt and playing? Is it is it second stringers that are in there? Talk to me about the health and, 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 and wellness of that offensive line. As healthy as an ox, just really bad. And <laughs> like this is the funny thing is that's what everybody expected last year. People thought last year the offensive line would be terrible, but instead the offensive line played way above its head. So the Raiders chose to run it back with essentially the same the Raiders use and, and you'll you'll find this interesting when you watch the game. They use an extra offensive lineman and a fullback more than any team in the NFL. So they're actually on a lot of these plays bringing in six offensive linemen and a fullback to try and run the football, and they still can't do it. And uh, the pass blocking has been even more atrocious. So I talked to a couple, you know, I was calling former fat guys, but I talked to a couple of former fat guys that played in the league, <laughs> and I asked them to look at it and tell me where the problem is. I got the same answer from three different guys and said that the problem is communication. The mm. interior of the offensive line 
is not communicating as they pass the blocks off from one person to the next. So what you're en- ending up with is constantly, you know, I, I saw the meme that was out there of the two Bears offensive linemen that were sort of like hugging each other and not blocking anybody. They got a chess bump uh, in there, yeah. Jason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, but the thing is, I've seen that three or four times this season for the Raiders. Like, I think these two teams could compete seriously for which offensive line is playing worse uh, week in and week out. And that's like the only difference is that, you know, the Raiders have the benefit of a Max Crosby to take advantage of that. Uh, you know, that's going to be the big, I think that's the big game record in this game. That's a big difference is that offensive line for the Bears better be communicating to stop Crosby because he's playing like a defensive player of the year candidate. Yeah, you're looking at both offensive lines uh, and it's something that mo- both teams are concerned about in the present. We're talking to Jason Fitz from Yahoo Sports and Fox Sports Radio. Make sure you check him out on Twitter at Jason Fitz, F-I-T-Z. Make sure you give him a follow. Um, when I'm looking at this this uh, this game again, I look at the Raiders team and I try to think to myself, what's their mindset? Like, like they're three and three, um, you know, because I like to think play that game, Jason, in my mind while I'm thinking about what the outcome of the game is going to be. So what are the expectations this year for the Raiders? I mean, where they sit right now, where they're headed. Talk to me about that, because I'm trying to get an idea of what this team is thinking. I think this team feels like they're probably in the middle of the pack. You know, the organization looked at it and said, hey, two-year rebuild. And I think that's pretty fair, even after last year, was to go into a two-year rebuild. So they didn't reach a quarterback in the draft because, frankly, they just didn't have anybody that was sitting there. They tried, according to multiple reports, they tried to get aggressive and go out and get C.J. Stroud. That wasn't there for them. But, uh, you know, realistically, they tried to uh, stay the course and just take the best player available because they knew they had too much roster overhaul to do in one year. So, you know, the, the mindset has been, can we get more out of the rookie class? Can we get more out of our second-year guys? Can our young guys step up? while we try and build towards something that can eventually be long-term successful against a team like Kansas City. So I think the, the Raiders are, best-case scenario, the Raiders are a seven-win, eight-win football team if everything breaks right. And what's interesting is that I think when you look at the way the season is going to go, I, I think the Raiders can win this game against Chicago. I'm sure the Bears fans feel the same about the Raiders. But I think the Raiders can win this football game. They've got the Giants coming up. They've got games like that that are winnable on their schedule. But this is the same Raiders team that got absolutely destroyed by the Bills because <laughs> the Bills are actually good. So when they have to play the Chiefs twice and the Dolphins coming up in the next few weeks, those things are going to be bloodbaths. Like the Raiders are uh, – they, they lack enough talent – on both lines, whether it's the offensive or defensive line across the board, they lack the talent to be competitive with the big boys. And th- there's just no there's no answer for that once you get to this point in the season. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the, the game, obviously, on Sunday against the Bears. Then after that, you got to go to Detroit. But then you get the Giants and the Jets. So if you can go – I'm talking about for you guys. If you can go 3-1 and one in that span and then kind of coast a little bit from there, I'm going to give you a nice little cushion. I'm sure that's exactly – uh, what they're thinking about, especially against the Bears. I mean, Tyson Bajan, what's the what's the chatter over there knowing that Fields isn't going to be playing? Yeah, the chatter is, uh, there are two words, Nick Mullins. And uh, for, for anybody that doesn't remember Nick Mullins, uh, there were no expectations for him a few years ago when he came in and stepped in to play for the 49ers last second. And Raiders fans at the time really needed that win for that season. And there was just this era, like, era of arrogance around it where everybody thought, oh, man, this is going to be easy. We're taking on Nick freaking Mullins. Nick Mullins went off in that game. Absolutely destroyed my beloved Raiders. I watched every second of it, and I thought, how in the hell is this happening? That has created so much, like, traumatic. There's PTSD left from it. The Raiders fans are wildly, like, the, the overall chatter from Raiders fans is, we don't have any tape on this guy. How are we going to beat somebody we don't have any tape on? Like, that's how insecure Raiders fans have gotten at this point. Yeah, I think uh, the Bears have lost a couple of games to Nick Mullins as well, so. I feel your I feel your pain when he was playing for the Vikings. We we were on the other side of that one. So yeah, not our favorite guy either. 
Uh, but but you're right. I think Tyson Bajan, I mean, people people just want to see something different at some point, right? I mean, you know, when you have a quarterback that you've had for so long and he, he hasn't necessarily tapped into what it is that, that, that you, you want as a fan, then I think that's why people are clamoring for something else. What's, what's your take, Jason? I mean, I know you cover the NFL as a whole. When you look at Justin Fields and, you know, what he's been able to do in these three years, are you are you one of the guys that's like, oh, coaching sucks and the offensive line sucks, or are you like Justin Fields is just not that guy? I think so. I was covering the draft for ESPN the year he was drafted, and at the time, working with Sarah Spain all the time, I text Sarah and I say, congrats, love it's a home run. I, I, I loved Justin Fields as a draft pick. I think when you start looking at where it's gone wrong, everybody takes part of the blame. And I'll get Bears fans, like I've been saying this a lot this week, to lots of Bears fans. Everybody says, oh, my God, we could have drafted Mahomes. Like, I know that's like part of the mantra. But I'll remind everybody that Mahomes didn't just get drafted. He got drafted somewhere where he got to sit behind Alex Smith, who he has credited multiple times in multiple interviews as the person that showed him how to break down film, how to structure his week, introduced him to nutritionists, taught him about different trainers, like all of these things. While Andy Reid was developing this perfect game plan for him, and they let him cook slow and low, right? Like, there were no expectations year one. It's just – it was a perfect situation. And I think sometimes what happens is we look at every quarterback as being the savior. And the problem is, like, go back and look at And I know everybody's in love with Caleb Williams. I get it. Every single person seems to be in love with Caleb Williams. I'm in love with Caleb Williams. But the last <laughs> time I stood on a football field and heard can't miss was covering college football for ESPN at the time. Everybody said Trevor Lawrence was so good that he should rewrite the rules, sue the, the league to be allowed in after his freshman year in college. Now, Trevor Lawrence is good, but – the Jags won a Super Bowl. Like before that, it was Andrew Luck. Like, and, and Andrew Luck was great, but how did that turn out? Like, I know there's different extenuating circumstances, but I just, I constantly tell organizations the same thing. It's usually not about the quarterback. We make it about the quarterback because it's the easiest thing to talk about and because it's the thing we all care the most about. But man, aren't the 49ers putting on a clinic? Like, if you go out and get the best coaching staff with the best front office mm. and you have some of the best offensive line and best skill position players, best defensive players, you can win with Brock Dan Purdy, right? <laughs> like, that's, that's the real of it. And you, and you get the rest of your roster to be so stinking good that you trade up and you miss with Trey Lance, and it's okay because the rest of your roster is that good. Now, I know hasn't resulted in 52, you know, Super Bowl trophies for him, but when you talk about organizations that always have a chance, like, I think we have to start as, as fellow fans of organizations that have a ton of history and have struggled. I think we all have to start realizing that it's not any one thing that makes a restaurant good or bad. It's all of the things. It's the service. It's the chef. It's the recipes. It's the location. It's all of those things. I think football is the same. You've got to find one guy that can come in and lead everybody to hire that one guy that can come in to lead everybody that can turn around and hire that, find that quarterback. And, you know, you get it wrong a lot. Like, Houston got it wrong a lot. But, man, D'Amico Ryan, C.J. Stroud, sure seems like they've got it right right now, right? Like, so you sometimes you just got to look around and say, hey, I, I think Justin Fields in a different situation, growing up a different way in this league, I think Justin Fields could have been very good. I still think he can be good. But this situation hasn't worked so far. So now you got to ask yourself, how are you going to make the next situation different? And that means either getting the right coaches in to just start this whole process over or when you do start this process over in the draft, whether it's with Caleb or Drake May or Michael Penix or any of these guys, are you bringing in the guys that can help make sure that those people are developed in the right way from day one? And that's actually why, Jason, I thought to myself, maybe the Bears would draft a quarterback, you know, whatever position they end up in, and still have fields there. So that, so that maybe that quarterback can come in and do the same thing that you were mentioning Patrick Mahomes did. 
learn from someone, but also learn the things you should do and shouldn't do. Right. And I think that's right. something that speaks to volumes as well. And, and Justin Fields, unfortunately, just didn't get the opportunity to do that. We're talking to Jason Fitz from Yahoo Sports and Fox Sports Radio on Twitter. Follow him at Jason Fitz. He's a huge Raiders fan, so this game is important to him, equally as important to him as it is to me. Uh, let's talk about this defense for a second, Jason. Um, I mean, obviously, we know Crosby on the outside is you know somebody that we have to deal with, but you know Tyson Bage is going to let the ball go, and he certainly isn't afraid to, to give guys opportunities down the field, as we saw uh, with DJ Moore in, in last week's game. So who else can, should we be looking at on the defense that could be a wrecker? Yeah, so the interesting thing is there's nobody else that can genuinely be a wrecker. Uh, but I will tell it's you good that good news, Jason. Been... It's good news. <laughs> I will tell you the the Raiders' approach, especially against aggressive quarterbacks, has been real simple. They don't necessarily trust Jacorian Bennett's number zero. He's one of the he's a rookie corner and he's getting picked on a lot, but he's got some really good moments and really bad moments, right? Like he's learning on the fly. Uh, but he's a good example of what they're trying to protect. So essentially what they're doing as a defense is they're playing this shell back defense that's going to keep everything in front of them, and they're going to trust that they can make tackles. So what's happened so far in most games is that you can get to the 25, 35-yard line pretty easily, and then all of a sudden they don't have to worry about giving up the big play as much, and they tighten up a little bit, and they hold those, uh, those teams to field goals. Like The defense has been really opportunistic, especially the last two weeks. The defense has played really well at times, right? So, uh, But that comes to the fact that they've been able to protect themselves and tackle what they keep in front of them. That's part of where they got absolutely destroyed in Buffalo because it's easier to do that when you're not taking on Stephon Diggs, right? So, And Josh Allen, they're like, when you've got a quarterback that's patient, can dissect that defense, they do it all day long. The Raiders can't get pass rush from anywhere else. They don't like to, to blitz because if they blitz, they're making that secondary vulnerable. This is what happens when you're bad on multiple levels of defense. When, I won't say bad, but when you're mediocre on multiple levels of defense. So, you know, I think it, if you look for running the ball, they got a couple of guys, uh, you know, Robert Spillane, the linebacker, Divine Diablo, the linebacker. They've been real good in, in run support, but in pass protection, they both had some issues at times. So, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because this defense is susceptible. The only thing is, man, Max is, and you'll see it, Max is unblockable. So the number of times that the defense can get away with being bad because Max is just absolutely destroying a quarterback, it's, I've never seen anything like it. In all my years of watching football, I've never seen one person get as little help on the defensive side of the ball and still be as dominant as wow. he's being. That's really cool. I mean, so I hear two things there. One, Mercedes Lewis is going to have his handful of being the second blocker on Crosby, and then DJ Moore over on receptions. That's what that's what I heard yeah. too. I'm a gambling man, so I, I do that. Uh, yeah. Jason, uh, over. Yeah. I've every every week I've taken over for their number one receiver <laughs> on receptions. And uh, like, if you get any sort of a, a prop, uh, if you get any sort of a prop on passing yards, I usually go over on it. And completion percentage, like quarterbacks look efficient because. Like Marcus Peters is a great example of somebody most people know by name. Marcus Peters is playing so far off because he's worried about letting things get behind him. Like there are times that it feels like there's about 12 to 15 yards of cushion for Marcus oh, Peters. Well, uh, Tyson Bajan, he's he was 10 for 14 last week, so I'm sure he's going to try to uh, duplicate that success. Jason, before I let you go, man, I am curious because I know you are a huge Raiders fan. And, you know, I've had some other friends of mine that have lived in some cities that – you know, their team's left and they, they feel a certain type of way about their squad. What was it like for you uh, when they moved to Las Vegas? So I was born and raised as a little kid, a Raiders fan, uh, an L.A. Raiders fan. And uh, my dad would sit down every Sunday. He'd buy a dozen donuts. We'd sit down together and we'd watch the L.A. Raiders. The uh, funny part of that story is that that was for me as a little kid living in Las Vegas. I am from Las Vegas, so I happen to live in the one city 
they could actually benefit from the second relocation. <laughs> so in lucky. high school, I had to become an Oakland Raiders fan, and it's fine. I went to a bunch of games. I was lucky enough to, on the fiddle, I played the national anthem for him uh, before one of the games in Oakland. Like, you know, had a great time in Oakland. Great city, great sports city, all of those things. But, man, the day they moved, to, they announced the move to Vegas, my life changed. Like, there's, there's no doubt about it. So, you know, my, uh, my right arm is tattooed with the sleeve of everywhere I've ever lived in the moments I'm proudest of. And there's a lot of Vegas on that skyline. So it just happened to be that my favorite team moved to the city I was born and raised in. So I get, it doesn't get any better for me. That's what's up, man. That's a great story. And I hope that uh, next time I make it out to Vegas, I get a chance to hang out with you in your, in your hometown, all right? Let's go. Yeah, you hit me up anytime. We'll do that. <laughs> I love it, man. Jason Fitz uh, from Yahoo Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Huge Raiders fan. Love that story right there. Uh, make sure you follow him at Jason Fitz on Twitter. I am Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 to score. On the other side, let's circle back on this Caleb Williams thing. I feel like I feel like in Chicago, we are treating Caleb Williams in the last week the same way that we treat Justin Fields and the Bears. Like, beginning of the season, ah, you suck. Two games doing well. Bears are so back. Justin Fields is the man. Justin Fields, 6 for 10, 58 yards on Sunday. Ah, we got to move on. Caleb Williams. Is the, and then Caleb Williams, same thing. Caleb Williams is the man. Greatest thing i ever seen. Every scout saying is amazing. And then he has a bad game, and everyone's like, ah, I never liked the guy anyway. Oh, he wants ownership in a team, which we heard was an old story. Or, you know, he doesn't want to go to a team that he doesn't like. Ah, I wonder if your perception of him has changed. Phone lines are open. Text lines are open. 312 644 6767. Curious your thoughts on Caleb Williams. And I'm going to give you my reason uh, about uh, my thoughts on Caleb Williams and and where I think these stories are coming from. I have a unique uh, stance on that as well. We'll do all of that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez live and local right here on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I think the most important thing to know about Caleb Williams is that, you know, everything I have seen so far in these last two years suggests to me that this is a generational quarterback prospect. I know, uh, you know, Bears fans can worry about, you know, uh, Justin Fields or Mitch Trubisky type of situation, but I just don't foresee that with Caleb Williams. I mean, I, I've been covering college football for a little while, and this is, this is just a, a level of prospect that I haven't seen, at least in my career covering college football. Uh, just the improvisational ability, um, just, you know, the way that Caleb Williams is able to extend plays and, you know, throw across his body and do just really, like, I, I hate this comparison, but do, do Mahomesian type, type thing. Um, there aren't many quarterbacks out there that can do that. I want to make it very clear. This is a guy that covers USC, Mr. Karchi. And I have another thought and opinion about what other executives are saying about Caleb Williams. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670. The score, Corey Wooten, former Chicago Bear, going to be hanging out with us in the 7 o'clock hour. Before that, listen, here's my my thinking. Just, you know, obviously our job, we have to do a bunch of our research. And when you hear these quotes from other top-level executives in the NFL, I'm doing air quotes, and when you hear another quarterback-needy executive said, and they're talking about Kim, then I start thinking to myself, hmm, let's say I, let's say I work for the Bears, right? Let's say it was me. I mean, I kind of do, but let's just say I had, like, an important position. 
And then, you know, one of my boys worked for, you know, whatever. You know, USA Today. Hey, what are you doing wearing that Rinaldi softball shirt right now when I don't think there's one game this season that you wore it to? I had to get I just it. told Robbie and Sean that I'm 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 sitting in here. I don't care what you're doing in this segment. Yeah. I want to know why you're wearing the shirt it's very, now. It's very white male of you to jump on the thing and 100%. think that you can just do it whatever you want. But 100%. I'll tell you this. I, was, I had to get a haircut today. Okay. So it's a very good haircut shirt. All right. I've, I've been there. Like, you have to bring the, the separate shirt. Like, you have the hair going down the back of your neck. You got it. Yeah. And I'm like, I've I'm been like, there. I was like, this is a perfect haircut shirt. Yeah. All right. Nailed it, man. Gotcha. Thanks, man. Yep. All right. See you later. Good Thanks. to see you. Love you so much. Shane Raider right there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so here's my thing. If I worked for the Bears and had a really important position, would I tell the guy from USA Today that I thought Caleb Williams was the greatest quarterback that ever existed? <laughs> that ever existed? I probably wouldn't. Unless like like unless I thought he was trash and I really wanted Drake May or Michael Penix or somebody else, then I'd give somebody the information because all you're doing is just hyping the guy up and in the event that you don't get the number one pick, there's zero chance you're gonna be able to get him. But if you don't want him, pay attention, follow me now. If you don't want him, you would gas him up to be like the dopest thing that ever existed, so that that way you know your team's not gonna get the first pick in the draft, might get the second or third. And then you never know. You might be stirring the pot to make it like you know undeniable that Caleb's number one. So then you can get the quarterback certainly uh, later on in that draft. Be interesting. Something to think about. All right. Uh, let's go out to the phones real quick uh, before I bring Corey on. Let's go to John out there on the I-80 Southwest side. John, what are your thoughts on Caleb Williams? Hey, Mr. Hey, hey, Mr. Ramirez. Hey, I've got a observation about Caleb Williams and and uh, Justin Fields and everybody, and I want to say that. I'm kind of tired of the quarterback that can run, 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 and evade, evade, evade. I want someone that can read the field and throw the ball quickly. Can, and you can have dozens of examples of that. Golf, Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, you can just go down the line of even, even – and it doesn't have to be all white guys. I mean, I'm not saying that or anything, but you don't have to have great legs to be a quarterback in the NFL. You have to be able to throw the ball to where it's open and be accurate. So accurate and being able to read the field. And I'm not saying Badgen is the end-all, end-all, mm. but I'd like to see him play about five games because anybody that could pass 17,000 yards. But, John, here's the thing. John, 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 here's the thing. Even if he does well, it doesn't matter. He will not be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears next year. And that's okay. But you bring up a great point, and I think it's spot on, right? I think the one metric we can actually look to to – pinpoint or the variable that would be statistically significant when looking at an algorithm for a quarterback that is going to perform at a high level, trying to figure out what that is, most certainly release time will be a part of it. Because who's been killing the, like, as a Bears fan, who's been killing Bears for the last decade that you've been watching if you're, you know, a little younger? It's been guys that get the ball out quickly. Everybody that John just mentioned. The The other thing, though, I want to say, though, John, and I think Jason Fitz touched on it, and that is, you know, you can't just blame Justin Fields. It's got to be everybody. Justin Fields isn't good enough in my mind, but everyone is responsible for it. It's not just one thing. And I think that's what we're we're realizing in real time. And who is going to co-sign that very same thought? Corey Wood, former Chicago Bear. He's going to hang out with us next. And I am going to make sure that he tells us the story of why Tyson Bajant was given that tush-push touchdown on Sunday. He had a very interesting take as to why Lou Getzey called that instead of feeding the beast with Deontay Foreman to get him that touchdown. Corey Wooten, Northwestern alum, former Chicago Bear, joins us after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.